you are listening to the Grace and Wrath podcast. This is Mark. Living a truly fulfilling life without Christ is impossible, and choosing to die without Christ is pure insanity. Repentance of sin and belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved by God's grace from God's wrath. Today's story is uh, the very familiar story of Jacob and Esau. The title is Selling the Birthright, and we'll get to that in a minute. I, I just wanted to remind you once again, these stories are chronological the, as we present them in this podcast series. They are, but they skip a lot of scripture. So there, there is, this is definitely not supposed to be a replacement of reading scripture or studying scripture. The Bible app, What's it called? The U version Bible app has some great chronological Bible reading plans, reading and study plans. If you'd like to read along with this podcast as we go through the, there's 250 some stories that are going to take us about a year to get through. But I encourage you again to actually read and study the scriptures. So back to the story selling the birthright. After Sarah died, Abraham married a woman named Keturah. Together they had six sons. Years later, when Abraham knew he was going to die, he gave gifts to Keturah and her sons and sent them away to the land of the east. He then gave everything he owned to Isaac. Abraham died when he was 175 years old. Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the same cave where Sarah was buried. After 20 years of marriage, Isaac prayed for his wife because she was unable to have children. God answered his prayer, and Rebekah became pregnant with twin boys. Near the end of her term, she felt like there was fighting inside of her womb. She was in so much pain that she prayed, Oh God, what is happening to me? The Lord said, You have two nations inside of you. Two people groups will come from your womb. One will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. At the time of birth, the oldest baby was red and covered with hair. They named him Esau, which means hairy. His brother was born holding on to Esau's heel. They named him Jacob, which means heel. Isaac was 60 years old when the boys were born. As a man, Esau became skilled as an outdoorsman, which included hunting. Jacob was quiet and preferred to stay home. Rebekah loved Jacob, but Isaac loved the taste of wild game, so he favored Esau. One day, Esau came home exhausted from a trip. He found Jacob cooking a pot of stew. He said, I'm tired and hungry. Give me some of that red stew. Jacob said, I'll trade my stew for your birthright. That's a deal. My birthright won't do me any good if I die of hunger. Now give me the stew. I want the whole pot. Jacob said, no, you must first swear an oath that you're giving me your birthright. I swear to you the birthright is yours. With that, Jacob gave his brother an entire meal of bread, stew, and drink. Esau ate and drank heartily and then got up and left. From then on, it was said of Esau, he despised his birthright. Also, people referred to him as Edom, which means red. This was because of the value he placed on that red stew. All right, let's talk about some actual verses from, from the story. This story, again, is from Genesis. We're still at the beginning of the Bible. Chapters 25 and 26. 
I'd like to point out two verses, one in each chapter, and the commentary from the Evidence Bible. I think this will be important. Verse 2532, it reads, And Esau said, Look, I am about to die, so what is the birthright to me? All right, so that showed how much he cared about his birthright. The commentary reads, Esau gave up his precious birthright because of the cravings of his flesh. Those who make a profession of faith without a humble heart, uh, which is what the law produces, that's the moral law, the Ten Commandments, have the experience described in Second Peter 2.22. Quote, a dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. This is the tragic result of casting pearls of the gospel of grace to the proud those whom the Bible calls dogs and swine. I want to point out there that, again, I don't know who said this. Uh, it's not my quote, but it's important to give the law to the proud and grace to the humble. And I, we can expound on that. But when we're evangelizing, if there's a prideful, proud person that's living happily in their sin, really the law is the only tool you can use to humble them enough to be ready for the grace, which is the basically the gospel story. And again, we can talk further about that. Let me continue with the commentary. The false convert has never, quote, crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's Galatians 5.24. Pigs need to wallow in mire because they crave the slime to cool their, their flesh. So it is with the false convert. He never repented, so his flesh was not crucified with Christ. It is instead burning with unlawful desire. The heat of lust is too much for his sinful heart. He must go back to the filth. The other verse I'd like to read is from chapter 26, verse 24. And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. This doesn't mean that Isaac saw the essence of God. No man can see God and live. See Exodus 33.20 for more details on that. Isaac saw a manifestation of God, as did Moses and others, the burning bush and those, those many stories. The only way a man or woman can stand in the presence of God without being consumed by his holiness is to be pure of heart, which, as we know or should know on our own, is impossible. That can only come by God's mercy through the blood of the cross. That's the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. All who are made pure in heart through faith in Jesus will see God. That's uh, Matthew 5, 8. So the point is, if we're proud, if we're living in our flesh, if we're essentially idolaters, if we're our own God, if our money, our, our, our pleasures, our sins are our God, we need to be humbled. And we're not going to be open to the, the grace that's offered through the, the, the shed blood of Christ. It's, it's just not going to penetrate through our sinful nature. It's important to present the law to people like this, the law that none of us can live up to. It's, it's a humbling experience. When we realize that we're a liar, that we're uh, an adulterer, if we've ever looked on someone with lust, in, according to the Bible, we're an adulterer. If we've ever looked at someone or thought hateful thoughts towards someone, we're a murderer. Uh, have we ever used the Lord's name in vain? Be honest. Almost all of us have. You go down all the Ten Commandments, and you'll find more than likely that you have broken every single one of them. 
That's a humbling experience when you realize that in the eyes of God, according to the Ten Commandments, we are guilty of sin, and God cannot be in the presence of sin. We are doomed to an eternity in hell. Uh, it's hard words, but that's the, that's the truth. I'll leave you with that today. It's an interesting short story, but more importantly, think about how you stand. Think about where you are with your walk with God and think about, again, the people in your life and where they are and how you can possibly be a positive influence. If you haven't already, I encourage you to heed the Lord's call, turn from your sins, believe the gospel, and receive the gift of salvation that Jesus is offering you right now. If you like what you're hearing, please like and subscribe to the program. And please consider giving us a good review. It really does help. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Grace and Wrath and on the web at graceandwrath.com. Thanks for listening. This is Mark signing off for now. So ride hard, pray often, and talk about Jesus wherever you go.